tournament victories, two very different tournament victories, and then we do our best to preview the mighty juggernaut that is Coach K's Duke Blue Devils. So, here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They are the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online, and it's easy, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right, welcome to the most dangerous unofficial recap of Texas Tech's two tournament wins. Although if you were to read my text messages, they would it seemed like we were doing a, a recap of a loss, but that is not the case. And unfortunately, Hunter is here. Or not unfortunately, Hunter is here. Unfortunately, Hunter had to read those text messages. So, Hunter, how have you recovered from those? Hey, I'm okay. You're not the only one. Oh, <laughs> well, that's that's good to know. <laughs> I mean, I, it's hey, I, our style of basketball is not for the faint-hearted. But see, if you watch us against Montana State and Iowa State, I loved every minute of that. That's true. <laughs> Although I didn't get any text from you saying we were going to win the, you know, go to the final four during those, during those games. It's only, it's, and it's, there's something about um, <laughs> when we're not playing good offense, you know, it's, it, it can be painful to watch, Yeah, uh, but it's like, I mean, teams can't, it's hard to pull away from us though. You know, nor, a normal team that is, yeah, that is true. when they, when they're going through lulls like that, get down, we're, we're like winning by a point, you know, we're like not yeah. playing well. I mean, I think I thought the perfect and like I was joking with a bunch of like non tech people, the perfect encapsulation of Texas Tech basketball is what we went on like a 10-0 run without making a basket to seal the game until that dunk or something like that. Maybe the dunk was included, but like that, like that is almost the perfect encapsulation of Tech basketball. And and give Notre Dame credit. I mean, they are they were better than I thought they were. Yeah. And looking back and kind of with some hindsight and seeing North Carolina and Miami and like looking at Duke a little bit, um, the ACC might have been a little better than what people thought. I mean, and Notre Dame, they'd won 20 out of 25 games. And they'd, they'd you know, beat two Sweet 16 teams, um, Miami and North Carolina. And they'd been, you know, they beat Rutgers. And Rutgers was, was decent. A lot of people had Rutgers kind of coming out of that and the, maybe even beating us, you know, yeah. like Barkley and some of these other folks. But – um, and then handled Alabama, you know, they were uh, better than I thought they were. Um, they were just, it was frustrating. And I think that may be another factor because it's frustrating to have a team that's like, unath- more, you know, less athletic, 
doing just kind of I call it they were church leaguing us. I mean, they were playing a sagging zone. Yeah. Daring us to shoot, daring us to kind of score in that um, like middle at the top of the you know mid post area and we were missing kind of some bunnies in that in that uh, throughout well, pretty much the entire game. Is it and kind of the were, equivalent of like if you're going against a superior football team at like the high school level where you bleed the clock? Oh, it, I definitely every so. one of their possessions like almost put the pressure on the better team because they realize like we're gonna have six possessions this game like we have to score. That and then they also had maybe the most explosive kind of like uh, off off the dribble creator. <laughs> so I, that's what shocked me. So that that Wesley freshman who didn't you know if you look at like the box score he didn't play well took a ton of shots and didn't score but I mean he was t- taking us off the dribble uh, pretty easily. So was uh, number twenty three the white kid. Um, yeah, some of those were just I don't know what was happening on those. We were just letting him go right down the that's, middle. That's what it looked like, but it was three times. It was very, very odd. I think guys were getting hooked out of the game for that. So yeah, bottom line is they were, I think someone on the, on the uh, Red Raider sports board said it best. It, it looked like a, a, ta- a solid taps team, private school playing like a really big public, you know, somewhere like Lancaster or something and just playing this zone and, and giving them fits. And um, yeah, we were fortunate to win. For sure. They didn't, I mean, they didn't really, sh- we, we really messed with them. I mean, they, they scored their, it was the second fewest points per possession that they've scored since January 1st. Yeah. Of course, Duke held them to their lowest, but they held Duke to lower points per possession than what we scored, which is strange, but you know, we really, really shut them down. We won the game kind of the way it's like our blueprint where you just bludgeon people over and over again. Uh, we weren't getting to the line in the first half, and then, but we, we did in the second half. Bryson, you know, we were kind of – seemed tentative. You know, Bryson gets into foul trouble in the first half, and I, it, it would seem like in a normal Big 12 game, Adams would have been playing him, like, a, even with two fouls, and we yeah, didn't. Yeah. So we took him out, and that caused – that we don't play – we don't look that good when we don't have Bryson. Uh, so it was um, a frustrating game for sure, but just kind of a classic just tech basketball win. The thing that was, I think, what caused my visceral reaction was the I, – I really thought that Tech was going to win easily. And that was probably dumb on my part. I didn't – I just did – I did not think that they could hang with our level of athleticism and just speed and length. And then what, what I was really disappointed in is it seemed like <clears> – <throat> I texted you this. It seemed like they almost played our game better than us in the sense that, like, they were getting rebounds. I didn't think they should get, you know, we had Bacho and Santos Silva out there, and it, there was no rebounding disadvantage to them, which that just means they fought their asses off. You know, there was – there. I mean, there was that, that one play that I thought, like, really encapsulated my frustration was they miss a layup, ball kind of bouncing around, and that same number 23 basically beats four of us to the ball, which should have been an easy layup for them if the shot clock would have reset you know, appropriately. It was just, it was really weird. And I, in the athletic story, they even said it, uh, that they the recap, the athletic wrote about how they even thought it was weird seeing tech go back to the huddle, looking kind of like shell shocked. Like what is like looking, they, they said that they saw like Kevin McCuller would look up at the scoreboard and kind of, you know, look anxious. Kevin O'Banner had to be like, are you ready to go home? You know, I had to kind of snap him back into it. And I think that's kind of what my biggest frustration was, is I did not think we would almost be, I don't know, 
out toughed, outworked a little bit, kind of, you know, out bullied. Like I thought that was going to be us doing the bullying, but I think, I think you said it, you did a good job of saying it in your recap is they had the ability to go out there and play free. They're an 11 seed who's already won two games. And I think maybe that's where I didn't account for us being a little nervous. Yeah. And they probably heard the same kind of <clears throat> narrative that you believed, you know, that we were, and I, I did too. I mean, I, I was surprised. I was surprised too. And I think I, we maybe underestimated him a little bit because we when I like today, looking back, um, I was surprised that we rebounded 30% of our misses. Which yeah, was, yeah, it didn't, didn't feel that way. It didn't seem like that watching. But then when I go and look, I mean, that was one of the higher numbers they've allowed all year. So they've, you know, rebounded. They, they only, they're kind of like us, except they're totally opposite of us, but they don't do a whole lot of things, but they do them well. You know, they, they don't crash the glass. They don't go in transition. They just only, they commit all their resources to keeping people off the glass and they kind of want to run a half court style of game and you know that what's I, what's weird is that used to be something we were like willing to do yeah trade these half court possessions where the everyone's using like 25 seconds of the shot clock but this team doesn't is not like that you know we don't want to do that with the team like at least with a team like Notre Dame and and we'll talk about Duke um you would think we would want to be like that with Duke but like because you go back you know we, um, to that last time we played them where they were so good in transition. That's what we did. We, you know, we kind of had a Notre Dame game plan when we played Duke in Madison Square Garden. In yeah. 2019. And this year is totally different. Um, but back to Notre Dame, I mean, they were, I was impressed with them. They hit some tough shots and, um, you know, it would have been super frustrating to lose that game. <laughs> yes. It goes without saying. Yeah. I, and maybe that was part of Glad we survived. the frustration too, was just like, I could not imagine losing <laughs> to that team <laughs> like that. Most people didn't even feel like should have been in the tournament in the first place. Um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I don't, it, it felt really good to survive, but I think it almost put a damper on, which this is stupid, but it almost put a damper on how good I felt because I just felt like we didn't play very well. Um, but it's like I said before <clears throat> the, uh, the podcast to you, our first two games in the tournament, like almost mirror the big 12 tournament. Like, I think I would have told you we played one of our best games all year against Iowa state in the big 12 tournament. You could have said the same thing against Montana state. And then you go out and you win a game like you did against the, in the big 12 tournament against OU. And then this game against Notre Dame where you don't feel great about it, but you won and you keep going. And that's really all that matters. Yeah. It, very similar. Um, but we, yeah, I guess it's a good sign is we, we win. We can play bad and win, and it's. I don't think a lot of there's just not a lot of teams that are like that. Um, you know, like just UT for example. I think every time they played bad, they lost. And, yeah. And so that's it was really like kind of the difference between us and a lot of these teams are that are still at home. It's because you know in a six game tournament, if you got to win six games in a row, you're not going to play well all six times. Yeah. You're just not. So I. It kind of felt like we wasted some bullets against Montana State. <laughs> it did feel that way for sure. I think I said that out loud. Yeah, no, it kind of feels like we maybe saved some. Uh, we didn't use as what we needed to against Notre Dame, like kind of have some left over. Were you uh, surprised at just – and maybe this was just good, you know, again, another compliment to Notre Dame, but it seemed like they were getting – like really good looks at times against this, you know, this tech defense that you don't see that very often. Like they ran that 
um, play for a three that sticks out that just seemed like the guy was wide open. And it was like, we just didn't even close him down very well. And then they, they were really good at getting <clears throat> Bryson matched up. Like you could tell we were trying to keep Bryson from getting matched up on their, on their freshman point guard. And yet they were figuring out a way to get the matchups right. And then set the screen. Like I, I was just impressed. And I don't know if that was a, we weren't playing very well. Bryson wasn't guarding very well, or was it just compliments to Notre Dame? Basically like they knew exactly what, to do and how to attack us? I, I don't know. I think it's a good question. I mean, they were, if you just look at their numbers, they weren't that great. Um, and, and they were so reliant on what you're describing, you know, it, it's tough. They were doing it at times. It's just, it's hard to do. And you still have to make a jump shot on the tail end of it, you know? Yeah. So it's different than us where we, we've got to do, like, we've got to enter the ball into Bryson. And then we, he's got to like figure out a way to, if it's single coverage, you know, get to the brim or, if it's double coverage, pass it out. I mean, those aren't that hard to do. And, and like, if you accomplish steps one and two, it's like Bryson taking a shot at the rim. Whereas with Notre Dame, you know, you have to drive, you know, get into the paint, kick it out. That guy needs to probably drive again, get in the paint, kick it out. Then that guy's got to make a 24 foot shot with right. Davion Warren closing out on him. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's like the whole premise of our defense, I think, is, is that is forcing teams to do that when they do it and it goes in. It's it's tough because they're three points instead of two. Right. And, you know, but uh, so I think they did that a couple times. But I mean, they were five of seventeen at the rim. I mean, yeah, we were nine of seventeen at the rim, which is bad for us. But just think of that. Yeah. That was that was bad for us, and we're nine of seventeen. They're five of seventeen. Yeah. Just, and and it, it seemed like how many uncontested looks did Tech miss? I mean, that oh, seemed several. That I started to get a little like Villanova. Like it seemed like that Villanova yeah, Elite I, Eight game I felt agree. that way. It's like, how different would this be going if you make half of those layups that you've just missed type that, deal? That thought crossed my mind late. I think we were down two or three, and Warren beat his guy, got to the basket, and uh, like threw a layup in, and it just like hit the rim and went out. I mean, I don't even know. He makes it eight out of ten times. I'm like, yeah. wow, you know, this could be tough. But, you know, O'Banner just takes advantage of, of Bryson, the attention he gets – and he's always there. Bryson misses a shot. That's our. That's why it's so important for him to be getting attempts near the rim because he, he makes them a lot. And when he misses them, O'Banner rebounds them. <laughs> and yeah, when, he, yeah. when he gets it, he's very kind of crafty um, finishing uh, from under the basket. He's got a lot of little, you know, crafty moves and using the rim to protect the shot and keep it from getting blocked. And that's going to be <laughs> really important this week because I don't want to. If, I don't know. Are you ready to move on to Duke or? Uh, I mean, do you have anything on the uh, the first game, South or North Dakota? Wait, who did we even play? Montana, Montana State. Yeah, no, not okay. really. I mean, that yeah. was just kind of what we're. That's what we've for. we've talked about the, that before, though. Is those first round games for this generation of Tech basketball? When you're recruiting athletes at the level we're recruiting athletes and playing this ridiculous defense that we're playing, it's almost like you have to be able to match up with us athletically to even come close to competing. Like we saw like SF SFA had athletes that would compete with us when, when we played them tough in, in Dallas. Um, but ever since then, it's just not, it's not a competition. So um, that just yeah. kind of proves what we were talking about earlier in the season. Agreed. Um, but no, I, I, I mean, I'm ready to, to stop talking yeah. about Notre Dame wanna... and look to do it's so the line I, if you flash back to last week, I was kind of looking and just thinking out loud that there was only a 
two or two teams maybe that we could possibly see in the tournament that'd be favored over us. And Duke wasn't one of them. Now I had not watched Duke play. Yeah. I haven't watched them at all. I still haven't, which is great when you're doing a podcast about. <laughs> Did you not, so, you didn't watch the Michigan State game at all? No, not really. Oh. Uh, I was in my car listening to the pregame. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, dedication. Um, yeah. But, but now that I have, and I've only, I've looked at their, you know, just Ken Palm, their synergy, um, shot quality, a number of sites, and they are freaking scary. I, I don't know how they've lost. And I guess, but they we're played favorite, well. They favored in this bad, game. right? We're a slight favorite. I'm surprised at how big they are. Yes. They're, they're massive. Well, because like Ben Caro is like, I mean, he's like 6'9. Yeah, I think he's, he's like 6'9, like 24. He's probably like an O'Banner. Yeah. A little bit taller, maybe. Yeah. But a very good athlete. Yeah. Like elite athlete. I mean, he's an NBA athlete. He's going to go top three. Yeah. And it feels like this is probably what it's uh, other teams when they're looking at, at us on paper. This is kind of what's going through their minds um, because they're every bit as big as, as we are. Yes. And that That is concerning. Uh, they're, they can really shoot. So here's just a rundown. This is points per possession. They're top 10% in the country in transition points per transition possession. They're top 2% in half court scoring you know, points per half court possession. They're literally the best in the country when someone presses them in terms of points per uh, beating the press. Wow. They are top 7% in jump shots, top 6% in catch and shoot. And they are in the top 1% on after timeout possessions. So that's their offense. They are, you know, they're, they've got a seven footer that they play. They're very young. They've got three guys that are basically 18. They've got um, five guys who, I mean, like I've heard they could have five drafted in the first round. The fifth one is on the edge, but what I'm looking at now has them as like the third best adjusted offense in the country. Top 10, um, you know, points per jump shot. They rarely turn it over. Um, they're a really good offensive rebound team because they're so big. Uh, and that's so that that part is is sh- like kind of a shock to the system, really, um, to see them being that big. And I, I I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was just thinking it would be like when we played them in Madison Square Garden and they were these massive athletes who couldn't shoot and just yeah. we just just totally destroyed their their half court offense. It's it's probably the worst half court offense game in coach K's career. I think they yeah. made like two or three baskets, literally the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else was in transition. Well, this team is not like that. This is not like that at all. I mean, they will gladly play in the half court. They've got all these guys that make jump shots. Um, I don't know. You know, they, they're scary. They're scary looking. Yeah. You know, I'm going, just going through their, their schedule and it, and it's weird because you know, they'll lose this Miami team who at the time you think like, that's kind of a bad loss, but, you know, now they're in the, you know, they're in the sweet 16, but, but, you know, they're also losing, um, they beat UNC by 20 and then they, they, you know, lose to them by nearly that much in coach K's last game. And they lose to that Virginia tech team, 82 to 67 in the ACC tournament final uh, that Virginia tech team didn't even look like they should be on the same floor as Texas. You know, like it's, it's, I don't really know. Like you said, I, at, at one, at, at one point, I don't know how they lose, um, but then also the games they lose are weird. Yeah, they, they're like us in the when I'm looking at them from like a game score um, perspective. They'll have like 95, 95, 95, 60. And that's yeah. how 
uh, we had a kind of a run of that. Yeah, I mean, they they beat Notre Dame fifty seven to forty three. Right. Know? And that's and then the week before they put seventy four on Louisville, and then the 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 game after they put eighty seven on UNC, and in between they they scored fifty seven on Notre Dame. Like, the, so it's yeah, it kind of reminds me of some some of of us in that sense. And maybe just if you followed any program, you know, you would see something like that. But what's what's odd to me is. They're big. I'm assuming they're. I mean, it's Duke. They've got. And how many draft picks you're talking about? I'm assuming oh, yeah. they're athletic. So I know they're big, and they're not only. I know Bob Huggins was making some comments like Tech has all this girth, and Duke isn't going to be able to handle that. I mean, they look plenty big to me. I mean, they they yeah. look like they can handle it to me. But um, so they're big and they're athletic. Assume presumably, but they are 305th in forcing turnovers, which is important for us. Yes, you know, if you're not turning us over. That's a problem. Um, Duke wasn't doing that. They weren't even trying. Duke wasn't even trying to turn us over, which yeah. was or you, uh, Notre Dame. You mean. Yeah, Notre Dame. I'm sorry. And and I, so I don't know if like is Duke that way. I it, that just blows my mind. I don't understand how they can be that big and that athletic and not be um, forcing people into more turnovers. So that and then they're also 215th in in defensive rebounding, which makes well, it makes no sense for them to be that big and that athletic and giving up that many offensive rebounds i can't remember what podcast i was listening to um but it was two guys who know more college basketball than i do and, and they were saying that when coach k started recruiting these types of guys these one and done guys he almost gave up trying to coach you know defensive schemes and because there was that one year i think it was the year they had like uh, marvin bagley and wendell carter uh where they just ran they basically ran zone. Like he just gave up trying to teach them man to man. And he was just like, we're going to play zone. I'm not even going to try to teach you guys my defense because you're going to be gone in a year anyway. And I almost wonder if this is a similar thing is they're not so bad where like they were that year where they had to go to zone full time, but it's just, we're going to do the very basic man to man defense and just, you know, basically try to out talent you almost. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that may be the case. I guess what, what's concerned, what's concerns me some, and I don't hope this isn't, you know, this is almost like a narrative um, that doesn't make a ton of sense when you think about coach K being the goat coach or or whatever, but if they're, are they, are they all these highly rated guys? And like you're saying, um, you know, they're only there for one year and they just don't play with a ton of effort. You know, like we max our guys out. I mean, we get every ounce that we can from our guys doesn't matter who we're playing and that's why we're number one in Ken Palm on defense you, yeah. you can't be number one on in Ken Palm on defense if you're not playing balls to the walls against Alabama State you know you've right, got right. to just blow those teams out yeah and I don't know if Duke does that and so that that is kind of a scary thought like because they're they're going to be playing against on Thursday you know I mean yeah. they're they're going to be giving effort in and on Thursday now that's that you say like that a, I mean I, I agree with you but did you have you watched any of the Michigan State game since? Just, I had not really. No, it was I mean, it was almost like both teams mutually agreed to not play defense, and you know that was as high a stakes game as this one's going to be. You know, I mean, it's winner go home, and it was. I mean, Michigan State was getting to the rim at will almost at times, and so was Duke. To be fair, but it was it was almost like they'll play whatever style you want them to play. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're open for whatever. They're the one like weakness that really stands out for them um, on their synergy pages, like transition defense. They're like bottom 25%, which well, makes, again, that could makes be no good. Sense, which ma- it makes no sense, but so maybe they just, um, you know, I guess 
it does make it might make sense when you think of them as being really young and so yeah uh, they kind of maybe just get lost or because um, we we saw some of that with um, like maybe when Terrence Shannon was a freshman or Ramsey. Um, but so that's, that's, that's some, some Duke thoughts. They're, they look, they look very scary. They look like a team that has as much potential as anyone in the whole tournament. I mean, yeah, it is weird. How, I mean, because like when I watch them play, I like what they do just as much as I like what, what Gonzaga does. And yet they don't have near the, I mean, I don't even know how, what the word is. They 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 don't have near the you know, allure is the right word, but it seems like everybody just fawns all over Gonzaga, the talent, what they do, and then you know you watch them against a team with actual athleticism, like like Memphis, and it doesn't it you know they look like a normal college basketball team, you know. But but Duke has that athleticism and to me runs the stuff on offense that you need to do to be successful, kind of like Gonzaga does. Duke beat them. You know, the the other thing that concerns me about this game is, and uh, I've said they have a seven footer, their, their length, they, they're top 30 in block percentage and then in the country, and then they're top 10% defending post-ups top 13% defending shots around the basket. So that's where we make our living. I mean, we, Shots around the basket, post-ups. Um, they've got a guy that can affect us, you know, in, in ways that we haven't. There really – there weren't that many premier kind of shot blockers in the uh, Big 12 this year, which was odd because sometimes they'll be like five. Yeah. Um, but this year there was really only the guy at Oklahoma State. And, yeah. And I don't – it'd be interesting – I find it hard to believe that a, that guy was like elite, that Oklahoma State center. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be surprised if this guy is as good as him, but he's probably gonna be close. Uh, and so that's, you know, Bryson's going to have to, he's going to have his work get out for him. Um, and, and, you know, O'Banner's going to have to, you know, some, there's going to be a freshman who's similar size to O'Banner, but his experience and kind of age and just, uh, you know, edge and like take never taking a playoff type mentality. It's going to have, that's, we, we talk about it that we're going to, have to that's going to have to be a thing for against yeah, yeah. Duke because, you know, that I, I worry that, um, and I, I'm trying not to be too negative because we are favored. I mean, it's a coin flip. People who know more than me think this game's a coin flip. Um, I mean, you look, I sent you earlier the, the 538, you know, they kind of did their model for all of the remaining 16 teams. And it was, you know, you know, Tech and Duke as far as percentage wise for, Reaching uh, the Elite Eight, Tech was 53%, Duke 47%. For reaching the Final Four, Tech was 15%, Duke was 12%. I mean, to reach the the championship game, Tech 8%, Duke 7%, and then we both had a 4% chance of winning. Uh, I mean, that's as as close as any other two teams are in this little matrix they've got here. So, um, yeah, it's just – you're right. I mean, just more point to the fact that this game is – close it's going to be close yeah i guess and the assuming gonzaga wins uh beats arkansas duke and tech will have without it's not even it's not even close the toughest path to get to the final four of any team you know of any two teams playing you know if you're tech playing duke and then gonzaga or if you're duke playing tech and then gonzaga nobody nobody has a tougher tougher road than that so that that part is unfortunate and we kind of but we kind of said that when the bracket was released we knew it was going to be tough Exactly. Um, and you compare it to like Iowa State, who, um, you know, kind of definitely they play, cost, they cost play a team without a coach and then the weakest three seed and 
long ever. time. Yeah, Possibly ever. Ever. yeah. But the, you know, I would say there's a poor man's version of us. Yes. Uh, yeah. Tough defense and grind you down. And uh, I guess it's, I guess, you know, it's good to see them winning two games because it's our, that's our formula and it, it plays, it plays in this tournament. I, yeah. It really does. I mean, um, you get into these venues and it's like, um, you know, shooting can kind of be, you just, it's tough to rely on um, certain things, unless you're, you know, Baylor last year um, who, who just kind of defied the laws of, of, of basketball when they yeah, yeah. three point shooting season ever. Uh, it's hard to rely on like squishy things. And the, the squishiest thing that we rely on is getting to the free throw line. Cause that is kind of dependent on the, the refs at times. Uh, but otherwise, we're just, you know, we're just trying to make shots that are literally two feet away from the basket. Yeah. I mean, there's no, it doesn't matter what goal you're shooting on when you're, when you're two feet away. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of saw that when, you know, we were 0 for 3 with uh, free throws in the first half and they all looked exactly the same. Like you could tell that's just, that's just venue. That's arena. Like that's not being familiar with the background or the, you know, what's behind the, the basket. Um, but I also think, that, that's kind of good for us in terms of playing a guy like Paolo Banchero. Ban- ban- I don't know if it's Banchero or Banchero. I've heard it both ways. Um, he's one that likes to – I mean, he wants to kind of face you up and shoot along too. You know, like that's his game. You know, I've, I've seen people comparing to like Julius Randle. He shoots a ton of long twos. Yeah, I'm looking and, at it now. Yeah. And so it's – I think that suits us. I think that's good for us, especially in a game like this, where if, if you're dependent on long twos, I'll take my chances. Yeah, and he's not very efficient there. I mean, he's he's actually attempted more um, long twos than shots around the basket. Yeah. And he's, he's 40% on the long twos, 70% around the basket. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, They've got a shooter that um, hurt his leg. He went out at like the eight-minute mark, hurt his Was foot. He- it wasn't Adrian. Griffin. Was it Griffin? Yeah. Okay. Griffin. People said they saw him walking around afterwards, but I don't think he played the last like seven or eight minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a freshman. He almost think. scares me more because like, I mean, he shouldn't, but I mean, it, he can get hot from three. He's, he's 45%. Yeah. Yeah. 45%. And um, so that's, if, if he's hurt, you know, obviously that would be a big bonus, even if he's not, you know, a hundred percent. Um. But I, I have no idea what to expect. I, I because they just look terrifying on paper. Um, but I know, you know, I, uh, I, I, the, I what concerns me is our length and size. To me, we just kind of lean on people, and uh, it's tough to kind of hold up over time against it. And I just it doesn't look like that can be something we can do to this team. You know, we're gonna have to. We're not. I, we're gonna have to beat them in a way that we uh, don't typically beat teams, which is not out of the question, you know. Yeah. And, um, and but that's just my initial impression after after looking at them. They're the they're the easily the biggest team we will have played this year. It almost kind of reminds me of um, the Gonzaga Elite Eight game, where it does. I agree. Like they don't. Like we didn't really play our style in that game. No. You know, but we just. We played, you know, we, we were able to muck up their style enough and play at their tempo enough um, to, 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 you know, like you said, grind out a win um, against a team that's more talented, that's as big as we are. And so it'll be interesting to see if there's almost shades of that. Like now, I, and I do think they're more quote unquote talented. I don't know that 
that it, that they have better college basketball players as of March, right? Twenty something yeah. right now, and the, and the same could probably be said for that Gonzaga team. Yeah, because um, you know you look at their uh, you know this this guy Trevor Keels. He's uh, you know he's six. He's he's a he looks like he's like thirty. Yeah, he's not. He's eighteen. Yeah, he's played a ton of men. I mean, they rely on this guy a ton, and um, you know, I just, yeah, I mean, I he could have problems, you know, being being guard, guarded and bothered by twenty four year old guys who are the same size as him and not scared. You know, I mean, he's yeah, kind yeah. of been beaten up on guys probably his whole life. I mean, nobody's yeah. ever. Some of these guys haven't really. I mean, they've played an ACC schedule, but. Um, they haven't been challenged that often, right? At least to this point. Well, and we talk about it all the time. I mean, like, yeah, maybe the ACC was better than we thought it was, but you don't see the speed and length and just athleticism in the ACC that you do in the Big 12. And also, and- we play a different – I'm not sure the Big 12 is a, this is the same sport. Now that I'm watching in a tournament, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we, we're – the Big Twelve is is more like football. I mean, it, it's a it's the most physical. Um, these Big Twelve teams are just completely physically dominating the team they're playing, or they're getting called for like forty five fouls. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, it's like Kansas almost like bridges the gap from Big Twelve basketball to normal college basketball just based off talent. But yeah, yeah. it seems like the the rest of the the league is like you said, almost playing a different sport. And that, that, I mean, I like that aspect, um, you know, if, when we're talking about the kind of young, talented guys, if the game is a, if it's a big 12 game, you know, that's something they probably have not really experienced. Whereas we're going to be totally comfortable just getting fouled and hacking people yeah. the whole time and, um, you know, defending them the, the length of the court. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. Cause I mean, this is, you couldn't have drawn this up. I mean, any better. I mean, we're a one point favorite against coach K and his last ever run with a game to go, you know, play in the with elite 99 game. tournament wins. Looking I mean, it's that. just uh, <laughs> easily house money from here. Right. I mean, yes. This, Do you like, uh, Oh, I agree on the house money. We're house money. Yes. 100%. Do you, uh, how do you feel about the week break? Like, are you glad it's before Duke and, you know, theoretically you beat Duke and you're the quick turnaround is Gonzaga or Arkansas, would you rather like almost flip that? Like, that's a good question. I think I like this better. I like it better. You know, Duke or Gonzaga has played both us and Duke. So their yeah, short yeah. prep might be a little easier than normal. Yeah. And, and, you know, same for us, assuming Gonzaga wins. So yeah, I would, because we've already played Gonzaga, I think I'd rather have the, the week, but at, at the same time, we got back at two in the morning and we're flying out tomorrow. It's a, it's a really kind of a, squirrely um schedule i would yeah, also yeah. think that the oldest team is going to benefit from the prep possibly more than a team that plays you know 70 um, of their minutes from 18 year olds yeah uh, maybe not maybe i'm wrong there but, but you'd uh, also think like i almost you know they get blown out in coach k's last night last game at cameron and uh, to me i attribute a lot of that to i mean like it's no fun you know they're kind they're kind of carrying the weight of coach K's retirement and so you know you get close you know down to the wire like you said we feel like maybe we're playing with house money and they're feeling like if we lose we just ruin coach K's 
you know, retirement. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, that's, we're, we're kind of playing uh, couch psychologist, but that's kind of the way I see it. Possibly. Yeah. But, and that, that tight feeling that you're, that athletic article was describing, like, surely that's gone for us. You would think, you know, yeah. I, I was very surprised to read that. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, I watched the game. I saw it. Yeah. But to see someone put it on paper like that really kind of hit home, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, like you said, I'm just excited. I, I feel like everything else is gravy from here on out. Um, and it's not gravy and we're not St. Peter's gravy, you know, like, well, who knows? Like maybe, yeah. we'll, maybe we'll get like, this is, we could legitimately beat any team left gravy yeah. and we may lose to every team left, <laughs> yeah. but I just want to get, there's that, that, um, that buzzsaw level that we can play at and it would just yes. be nice uh, yeah. to, to roll. And I mean, Iowa high. state in the big 12 tournament. Yeah. Or I mean, I mean heck, Iowa State at home. <laughs> you know, there were several games at home. Where, Oklahoma State at home. Yeah. TCU uh, at home. Like Montana yeah. State. TCU yeah. at home. Um, it, yeah. There, there's a, it even stretches of that game in Lawrence. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, there's, I, I don't think it's cr- as crazy as it sounds. I think our peak, which is, a, we may not play at our peak more often than Duke, but I think our, our peak is higher than, than theirs. Us making shots. Yeah. Definitely. At, at, that level definitely is um, almost unstoppable. Yeah, definitely. You know, it almost, you know, I guess it was that same tournament run where you, you know, you beat Michigan in the sweet 16 and it was everybody saying, you know, the best offense against the best defense. And, and, you know, it was, you know, we just absolutely smothered them. And it was kind of like a, Oh, these guys are for real type moment. Like it'd be cool to have another one of those. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Although it seems like people are already bought into this team, but. That's least. true. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. That I do think the story, people really like the story. Like the they thought Beard was the only thing about tech basketball. And you know, here they are with this old you know guy who ran the hockey, you know, minor league hockey team. Like I think the story fits, and they and so maybe that's why they've um you know it's crazy. Like on. coach, yeah, coach K, he's been the coach there since 1980. I mean. So 42 years. That's and you think, man, he's seen a lot of stuff. And but it, but Mark Adams got a coaching job in 1982. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's not like we've got just this uh like our guys, our guys seen some stuff too. It may have been at a different level, but yeah. um he's you know, he's prepared for games like this, but this, you know, just maybe a little different stakes. But we we've got a guy who's who's been around the block, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I don't think we'll go into this game unprepared um, at all. Like, I'm not worried about that. If anything, I think we've, I think we win the coaching battle, which sounds stupid against coach K, but I mean, this is, this is retiring coach K who's teaching, who's coaching a bunch of one and done. So uh, I, I like, I like our staff. We've talked about just how good this coaching staff is all year. And I don't know about Duke staff. Maybe, it, maybe it's equal to it. Um, but it's Louisiana, not better. Just random Louisiana Tech's job opened up, and I, I saw Talvin Hester's name, and he'll probably be a name there. He was an assistant. Yeah. Um, also, Barrett Peary coached against Duke and gave him like fits. Uh, they only had one guy on their team, uh, Wendell Moore. That was, but he still played a lot. But it was, I think, uh, Portland State was winning by like six or seven with ten minutes left. You know, wow. This is like 2019. That's good. So just, just some random. Um, and then, yeah, Adams is on Coach K's podcast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I just, yeah, it's exciting. 
Yes. Yeah. And that, and I think that's the ultimate thing is you got, you got to where, you know, we talked about, you know, what happens if you lose one of these games? How do you feel about the season? That's over. Like you said, we're just, we're having fun. And yeah, if you lose to this Duke team, uh, there's no shame. Um, no, definitely not. No, I, nobody will, nobody will think twice about it, but, um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm annoyed that it's Monday. <laughs> I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready for it to be Thursday. <laughs> uh, so you got uh, anything else? You want to go back to Montana state? You got anything there? <laughs> no, <laughs> we got a, right. we, we do have a big baseball. It's kind of sucks. The time it was a huge baseball series. Yeah. I didn't even, I mean, I've, I live in Lubbock and did not even know Texas was in town this weekend. Yeah. Uh, UT's here. They've got, they're good. They've got really, really good pitching. They did lose a, one of their best pitchers, but they've got um, two, maybe the best, two of the best starters. And they've um, got some, some of the best hitters in the big 12 and they're, they're legit. And uh, it's hard to really tell what what we are yet, but I think we've got some good pitching too. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what we look, we, Brandon Burt's we've had some elite power arms um, over the years. And, and then we've also had some guys that were great starters who weren't necessarily like power arms, like yeah. and even like yeah. Davis Martin. Um, but from a starter standpoint, because like big John McMillan was throwing triple digits, but yeah. Yeah. he was a closer reliever. Like Birdsell might have the best stuff um, from a starter that we've like had during the Tadlock run. I mean, it is legitimate. I mean, he's throwing 98 for like four and five innings and he's got a really good, slider and he's just like a big dude i mean he's like 250 pounds up there wow yeah he's one that i see like on twitter like this dude's for real type stuff yeah so that i mean so that's the first big 12 series correct correct so that could be that could be big um yeah no it's huge i mean this is um yeah we got it we win a series this weekend it's massive yep the uh, it's and it's also kind of weird, you know. You've got the huge baseball series. Spring ball starts tomorrow. Like I was gonna write, I, I or I did. I wrote this thing, you know, questions that need to be answered, you know, in the spring. And I don't, I'm not even, I'm probably not even gonna put it on the board because nobody cares. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, and it, it, but like it's one of those deals. Like it seems like football even is saying, everybody look at basketball. Like it, it's not something like look away. It's more like if you're going to put your attention into something, support those guys. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Is that, I guess, does that confirm that football kind of declined doing media this week to kind of that's keep what it, it sounds like. I don't know if it's confirmed, yeah. but I've heard that a few places. Yeah. That football's that's not cool. even going to do media. So all the attention can be yeah. on the basketball team. So. That's pretty cool. You know, McGuire really seems to be in the mat in the tadlock, just zero ego. And that, and I don't know him personally. So I'm yeah. just like making that observation from afar i feel like i've been seen enough of adams and tadlock to be able to like say that especially tadlock and yeah. adams yeah there's just app there is you know zero ego at all and it seems you know mcguire is like right there with those guys but which is you know good sign i mean yeah i, you know, I listened to him he was on the ticket last week in dallas or two weeks ago and he's he just comes across that way like he gets done with the interview and, and you know all the guys are like he's the best like he, he, he gets more good publicity from tech for tech for that radio station than anything has. But to the point, his first thing, you know, they, he talks about how good of a community this is. He talks about the meat judging championships. He talked about how everybody is behind the basketball team, you know, like that just goes to what you're saying. And it's like, he's just here to be a part 
of what's going on, not yeah. to be, you know, the main attraction, which is, which is great. But yeah. So whenever this basketball runs in ends, I'll, maybe I'll throw that out there, that article. Cause there, there are some things, I mean, we, who's going to be the quarterback, who's going to play what on the offensive line. Uh, we had a really good linebacker last year. I don't know if you remember Colin Schooler, how are we going to replace him? Like there's a lot of questions to be, to be answered. So, you know, the proverb, you know, there's always the uh, who's going to get after the passer in the Texas tech uniform. So just ask that every year, but. But Where'd yeah. all our high school signees go? <laughs> just yeah, it's like that uh, that Fresh Prince of Bel Air meme where he's just like looking around with his hands in his pockets, like where are all the where are all the high school signees from the past couple of years. But yeah, um, so anyway, we got off track a little bit there. But let's get to Thursday. And oh, gosh, I would love to ruin Coach K's moment. Oh man, I was so neutral on Coach K until that Dylan Brooks thing a few years ago in the tournament. We're like, I think he he either dumped it, like it was almost one of those moments. This is honestly where I turned on Beard a little bit too. Like, do you remember when we were beating Baylor at home and we threw an alley oop to Sorrels or somebody, like one of the walk ons? It was Benson that threw it down. Sorrels, I think, threw the alley. Yeah, and like Beard went ballistic, and I and ever I was I soured on Beard from that moment. Um, and the same thing happened with Coach K in Oregon. I can't remember if it was a shot or a dunk, but like Oregon was going to win and they scored anyway. And coach K in the handshake line was like, you're too good of a player to be doing that. And Brooks said that like the media asked him about it. And he said it after the game and coach K totally denied it, said it was a lie. And then CBS had the audio. It was like, it's not a lie. It's right here. <laughs> and like ever since then I've been out. On know, coach K. That reminds me, you know, Adams didn't look like didn't do anything to Malik Wilson when he did that. That was a sick 360 dunk, by the way. I, what? I didn't even think it was a travel. I, I don't know if it was or not, but that was nice. And yes. Adams didn't do anything. And then in the, in the uh, post game, they were, they asked one of the players about it and Adams was like chuckling and laughing. Yeah. So I, mean, he, well, who cares? I don't think, I don't think, yeah, there we're was some fun. I don't know if it was the announcers or some other folks were kind of like, Oh, he's going to be hearing about that. I'm not sure that Adams that he did hear anything from Adams. No, I, what you know, they, I think Gottlieb tweeted about it. But what you do hear about is you miss a defensive rotation up 30. You're going to hear about that, but that's you true. go you go have fun on the other end. Who cares? Yeah, that's true. But anyway, again, off topic. But um, yeah, okay. so, it's unofficial podcast. We're we looking for a, like looking for a home. We need a. I don't know <laughs> what this is, man. We're just talking into the abyss. We had like. 11 listeners free journey preview you would think that'd be a time to listen but nobody we listens. are uh yeah we, we we were kind of vigilantes in the tech podcast game but there are other podcasts to listen to if you if you because we you know if you don't like us go yeah find them there yeah we will be the we're the only podcast promoting other podcasts yeah. <laughs> so. do not rate do not subscribe <laughs> don't tell your friends <laughs> all right we'll, we'll talk to y'all next week These nerds nerd out a lot If you are a big tech nerd But you walked into the spot From here is potable